you're listening to Lost Souls Monologues. Today's monologue is Vu by Christopher Adams. For those of you with younger listeners, please be aware that it contains some adult themes and sexual references. First of all, let me assure you that I am not abandoning you. Well, I am. But one, you're not mine to abandon. And two, your dads are going to be home in five minutes. I know five minutes represents a long time in the life of an infant, but it's a calculated risk I'm taking. You'll be sleeping. You'll be fine for five minutes on your own. So don't track me down in 20 years and quote Daniel Day-Lewis to me. I abandon my child. I abandon my child. Because if you can't survive for five minutes in the wild, then, you know, Darwin. It started like this. I slept with your dads on their wedding night. Don't be shocked. If you grow up to be gay, you'll know it's standard behaviour. It was more of a way of celebrating with them, offering my congratulations. It was better than getting them a blender or a hibiscus. I am the plus one of their friend Taylor. Dancing, after the ceremony, I see him. Your dad, Adam. (laughs) He's handsome. Like you will be. (laughs) Give me a look. He's good at giving looks. And I'm thinking, wow, it's your wedding. Like, keep it in your pants. But I am also thinking, like, maybe don't. (laughs) A month later, we are spending time together. Your dad, biological dad, Adam, and your other dad, Joe. Uh, Well, technically he's your uncle. Your dad uncle. Dunkle? Because your mum is his sister, and she donated her egg, and... Yeah. You should get good at drawing diagrams. We hang out, we go to the movies, we eat ice cream. Not ice cream, low-fat frozen yoghurt. We go back to theirs most nights. They let me stay over. Soon, people start asking, Is something going on with you three? I tell them we're just friends. I know it's serious when we set up a shared Google calendar. Ugh. Adam works weekdays, 8.30 to 5. Joe works 9 to 6, but has a longer commute. Adam is away in Manchester one week a month, and I work during the week and every third weekend. We all do gym, obviously. Adam has gay running on Mondays and Thursdays. Joe has gay choir on Wednesdays, and I have gay gaming on Tuesdays. So, if we want to see each other, we have to be, you know, organised. Your grandmother, Adam's mum, was the first person to find out. She stopped by on a Saturday afternoon, unexpectedly. She didn't see anything sordid. 
Nothing sordid happened. Ugh. Saturdays are actually laundry days. We write that into the calendar. She just noticed that my laundry was in their bedroom and not the guest bedroom. <laughs> and I remember the moment, the exact moment, when her eyes looked at my pile of laundry on the floor and up at me and back at the laundry and then at Joe and then back at the laundry and finally on her son, Adam. And they stayed there, rested on him, recalling how strange she found it that the vows at their wedding didn't mention that bit about forsaking all others. <laughs> That's when I became the friend. Would you like to come over for dinner this weekend? And would you like to bring your friend along too? The first time I say, I love you, I say it in French, which I know sounds pretentious, but it is necessary. I say, I love vous. <laughs> Once you start speaking, you'll realise that English is a useless language. If I say, I love you, I'm only talking about you, just you. But if I say, vous, then I mean all of you, both of you, all three of you. You don't expect to be in love with two people. You're told it's not possible, but that's blatantly not true. I love algebra, and I also love pushing my way through a turnstile. They're both a certain kind of satisfactory experience. So, if I can love both algebra and turnstiles, why can't I love your dad Adam and your dad Joe? The heart is big. It's bigger than we think. There's so much room in it. Room enough to get lost in. <laughs> it's best when we're on holiday, out of town, when no one knows us. That's when we're most comfortable. That's when they're most comfortable. Being ourselves. Except, of course, when it comes to the hotel room. We book a room with a king-size bed and I wait. Somehow it always happens that it is I who is left waiting outside while they check in because they're Mr. and Mr. McKendrick Shaw and I'm not. And they text me, tell me they have the key, tell me the room number, and I surreptitiously walk through the lobby, walk up the stairs, find the room. They think, we think it's fun. A game. They pretend. Sometimes I pretend I'm their cool boy. It makes it fun. It makes it... bearable. The first time you are mentioned is a year after I meet your dads. Joe says to Adam, I think when we have Chester, we should give him your dad's middle name. <laughs> and I am confused. Because Chester is the name of the aloe vera plant Joe keeps next to the oven because he burns himself so frequently. The second time you are mentioned, they sit me down and say, We're planning to have a child, and we want to start the process this year, and we'd like you to be involved. And they wait, expectantly, like waiting for me to smile, and I know I should respond. But I feel I'm waiting like a column of ash about to be tapped from the end of a cigarette. Um, 
What do you mean? And Joe says, Oh, Adam will give us sperm, and my sister will give her egg, and we'll use a surrogate, but we'd like you to be involved in Chester's life. <laughs> um, and how do you know it will be a boy? We'll name it Chester, whether it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> and I try to smile, and I can hear words escaping my mouth like survivors from a car wreck, saying, how wonderful, and yes, of course, I'd love to be involved, but I don't mean them. All I hear in my head is a noise, a high-pitched ringing tinnitus. We go to an antenatal class, the five of us. Joe introduces us. I'm Joe, and this is my husband, Adam, and my sister, Louise, she's donating the egg, and our surrogate, Chelsea, and our special friend, Josh, who's supporting us through this process. <laughs> and the other couples there all want to demonstrate how the children they're birthing will be birthed into a world that is so accepting. And they smile with their even white teeth at Joe and Adam and Louise and Chelsea. But when they get to me, you can tell they don't, they don't quite know where to place me. I'm like, I'm like that piece of a jigsaw puzzle that you're pretty sure is a part of the trunk of a tree, but you have an awful suspicion could also be part of the river mud bank. <laughs> Afterward, I see the antenatal classes appear in the shared calendar on fortnightly intervals. <laughs> on those days, I'm exceptionally busy at the office. <sighs> we start to argue over stupid things. How can we raise a baby if we can't do the laundry? I tell them off for not washing up the pots in a timely manner. Adam's mum stops by unexpectedly when I am alone in the house. She says, You know, the animals went into the ark two by two. Later, I'm crying on the phone to my mother. She asks if I have relationship troubles, and I say yes, but it's complicated. It's really, really complicated. Because I haven't told her. I haven't told anyone. Have I? It's been nearly two years, and I've not said a word. Sometimes at night, I get out of bed and sleep in the guest room. When I hold you in my arms for the first time, I see your dad's face. Both of your dads, actually. <laughs> you have Adam's cheeks and Joe's eyes. And I feel a rush, a flood of love for you. I am elated. I think everything will be different now. Everything will be okay. You and you, I can be new too. We'll find a way to make this work. But then, a feeling pricks my consciousness, like a dental surgeon's needle pressing into my gums. Joe once said to me about Chester, the aloe vera plant, that when he and Adam first bought it, they told themselves if they could keep it alive, then maybe they could think about having a child. But that wasn't strictly true. 
there was another step, an intermediary stage between plant and child. And that's me. You are their project, their creation. But so am I. So, I'm going to leave you now. Your dads will be home very soon, I promise. And they'll take some time to adjust. They'll have to rearrange their calendar, and they may be sad for a while. But their hearts are expanding so quickly, so quickly to take you in, in a way I'm not sure they ever did for me. I hear them. I hear them walking up the path. You sleep. You sleep until they arrive. Vu was written by Christopher Adams, directed by Hannah Genasius, and performed by Edward Kay. If you enjoyed today's Lost Souls monologue, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. See you next time.